Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to Colorado Hunting Hub. This podcast is designed to talk about everything hunting in Colorado, whether you're a new hunter, old timer, or something else. Colorado Hunting Hub will have something for you. I'm your host, Clint Whitley, and let's get started. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to Colorado Hunting Hub. Just finishing my uh, pre-workout from Wilderness Athlete. Got my workout uh, plan rolling uh, to kind of jumpstart my physical preparedness for the season and that's what last episode was about so go check that out if you haven't listened to it so far because we're right in the middle of a four episode series this is episode two just about preparedness and and getting ready for some things and uh gear's not the first one because it's not the most important but uh so if you want some wilderness athlete to help you out with some of that go get some and use the coupon code hunting hub to get 25% off which that was pretty nice of them to do and if you're curious about the product there's an episode on that a few episodes back but I like I said in the last episode I'm not a health nut I'm not a workout junkie I, I don't like working out in the gym it's just I like to only really get in shape being in the field I enjoy that part and pushing myself there and uh, the workout that XL Mountain Gear did that's free on their website. You don't need an XO Mountain Gear pack, but uh, they just push that push that backpack because they did it for them. So uh, you can do that with any pack. And the one thing that I'm finding is that, and I'm just about to start day three of a four week program, finding out that it's it's not that bad. Uh, it's a little different than going to the gym and working out. It's a little different than just going for a run, which I'm don't like running either it's a lot lot more enjoyable than that and it's uh i'm getting everything done under an hour 
for the most part. It involves some sort of, uh, there's a little running here and there uh, for a certain amount of time, but it's not about go eight, five miles. It's not about the miles, it's about the time that you're doing it. So that's kind of nice. And this is not the only program out there. So there's a lot of them out there. Go find a program and uh, stick to that. And I, I'm finding more enjoyment out of that than going through some of my old lifting routines from college. So uh, I like this a lot better because it's fit specifically for what my goals are. So anyway, before we get to this preparation episode, I want to remind you the secondary draw is coming up here soon. I still don't know what I'm going to do. Uh, I'm stuck. I need a deer tag and uh, there's one on there that I had. There's some more than one, but uh, there's a few tags on there that I had in the last two years and thinking maybe apply for it. I don't know. Or play the reissue game. I'm stuck. So if you got any ideas, let me know. Uh, also, again, reminder to the international listeners, Canadians, Italians, whoever else, reach out. I want to hear from you. Get yourself signed up for some uh, 3D shoots. There's a bunch starting. Uh, just listen to Knock On podcast uh listen about the total archery challenge and how they're approaching the year so i'm excited for that that's the first shoot for me alphabet hunting's the second and then that's it just a two shoot um season for me so that'll be fun it's a, it's a great way to to meet some people great way to uh, get yourself motivated so also want to thank i hunt colorado's facebook page for supporting this podcast and don't forget we got just a few days left of the onyx hunt monthly membership giveaway which that's cool but these other two giveaways they're about to be done and i don't know when the next time i'm going to get some cool product in like this so uh the vortex optics the 10 by 42s diamondbacks they're pretty sweet i'm giving those away at the end of the month so make sure you sign up only like Five days left, four days left. And then Exo Mountain Gears pack. They're uh, going to custom fit you for a pack. I don't have possession of that. So you'll need to, um, well, they'll reach out to you or I'll reach out to you. And however, and you'll get the right size, right fit. So start browsing their website now and pick the one you want because they're going to give you whichever one you want, which is pretty sweet. And then again, don't forget your 25% off Wilderness Athlete. If you want to follow me on Instagram, Facebook, I'm on there. And uh, email is clint.a.whitley at gmail.com. So let's get started with this. Some of the, we did physical preparation the other day. And this one's some shooting preparation. Again, I'm not jumping into the gear because that's that's like the go-to. Got to get prepared. Got to get the right socks and boots and all this stuff. Yeah, that's important. Uh, but some of these others are more important. And really not the easier things. Anybody can go online and swipe and punch some card numbers in. Uh, these ones require a little bit of get up off your butt and do something about it. Go arrange, do whatever. So shooting preparation. I will admit my rifle shooting preparation is not as, uh, not probably where it should be um, in comparison to my archery. But if, but here's, some of the things that I will be doing once I get closer, I don't shoot my rifle year round. So I'm not, I'm not the best shot. You can do some of these. Uh, so I'm going to speak mostly about archery today, but there is a lot of overlap here. Doesn't really matter what you're shooting. So 
preparing for rifle season if that's your game then i would suggest what i'm going to do is starting with the 22 and making sure i'm not jerking that trigger and just getting used to some nice breathing exercises and breathing in holding release and somewhere and i like to to pull the trigger on the hold and there might be a little bit of release of breath in there so just practice that uh if you don't have a range right outside your door then uh, dry firing in the house. Make sure you're doing that safely. So make sure everything's unloaded and uh, not a magazine or nothing, but doing a little dry firing at your mounts or whatever to, to just practice that slow squeeze. Then once you get to the range or go out on a piece of BLM and make sure you pick things up because we got a spot just down the road and parachute on some BLM that people trash it. It's just disgusting. There's TVs, couches. Uh, You would have probably like four or five roll-offs worth of garbage just in this one little area on public land. It's pretty, pretty disgusting. So clean up after yourself and uh, get out there and shoot. But if you're shooting from a bench, that's not the only, that's probably a good place to start. And to sight your gun in, make sure that's all good. But then get down on your butt, get down, lay down, something that is more of a situational uh, shooting scenario. So get your equipment dialed in. So let's talk about archery, because that's what I know. Uh, I'm not going to speak too much more about rifles. Uh, Just going to practice with that. So first thing with your archery preparation is your bow setup. If you don't have the right sight, rest, arrows, whatever it is that you are wanting for the season by now, you better get on it. It doesn't matter if that's a uh, straight off the shelf combo at Cabela's for $300. Uh, That'll kill an elk. It's just fine. But you better get whatever setup you have for the season in your hands right now uh, and get things ordered or or get to a, a shop the when you go to a shop now they're going to be a few weeks out they're going to wait you're going to wait for things to get in uh you got to get new strings got a new whatever and i was a a i i did this wrong as well but i i left my factory string on my bow for i don't know how many years five six and it's like well it shoots fine i just wax it up it's a little it's, it's fine but then when I got a new bow, I shot the first one for a year and realized when I went to a good shop, they said, put a new string on. I did. I put an aftermarket string on. That was a big difference. Absolute big difference. Uh, and uh, um, I will update my string from now on uh, a little bit more frequently, a lot more frequently. So those things require a shop unless you are super savvy, and which I am not. I can make my own arrows and do my own micro tuning, but that's about it. And, but there is plenty of YouTube videos out there. If you don't have a bow press specifically for your type of bow, then, uh, that's not going to work. One thing I did learn, if you do have a Hoyt, make sure you go to somebody that has the Hoyt attachment to their bent, their, uh, to their bow press. Cause otherwise it could hurt your bow. So if you haven't got your bow into a shop by now, uh, you got to get it in there. Because as soon as August hit, they're going to be like, uh, okay, <laughs> they're going to get so backed up that uh, uh, it's going to be tough to get your bow. So get it in there, get your stuff all tuned up. Uh, I just ordered some more arrows today. 
because I want to have everything I need. I don't, I don't want to just be messing with something new. I got a new site months ago and I've already got that, that kind of started, started. So here's my game plan and what I'm going to do. Maybe you should have some sort of game plan as well. It doesn't have to be the same, but it's similar. Could be similar. So get a shooting schedule. Just like you are working out. That's the first thing. Uh, And I always struggle like when I'm shooting one, two, three days a week. That's a kind of a tough schedule to get in. Once I start shooting every single day, then it's kind of like working out like, oh, I need to be shooting. Oh, I didn't shoot today. And it kind of gets gets to you a little bit because you didn't shoot that day. So I've been shooting uh, the last four or five days in a row without missing a day. And, and I already this morning woke up and I had 15 minutes. So I was like, oh, can I, I told, asked my wife, can I get outside real quick and watch the kid? I'm going to go shoot. How long have we got for you? You got to go to work. So I found that 15 minutes to go fling some arrows really quick. It wasn't much, but I got 20 arrows in. And it's not really about the number of arrows, but I focus more on uh, what's my setup and what my process is. And that's the next step in your, in my game plan after getting a, a schedule going is learning my setup. I've got a new site from HHA, which is pretty sweet and I like it. And I'm actually going to be switching some arrows. Uh, I weighed my old ones and I weighed what I'm going to be going to and they're they're almost the same, almost identical. So I don't think I need to do anything different, but I'll, I'll uh, hopefully be good to go. We'll find out when they come in. So learn your setup, figure out uh, what your little nuances are, get comfortable with your peep, get comfortable with the site. Uh, one thing you're going to have if you have a new string is that peep's going to turn a little bit. You've got to warm, you got to break that in. Once you break it in and get that peep turned, it probably won't turn on you anymore. So that's, that's a helpful little, little thing is, is, is that. And then also hear about people complaining about maybe their site is not, there's something wrong with that or there's something wrong with their setup. Maybe they're not tuned in. Well, maybe you just don't shoot enough. Uh, I've noticed I've had an issue lately of suddenly I'm shooting really high, like three, four inches high at 40 yards. Like, I don't know why those are kicking up. So that's, that was the day I decided, okay, I need to be shooting every day because there's something in my shooting process that is different that I'm not doing. Cause it's not a rifle. I can't just pick it up and plan to hit exactly where, uh, that thing was last sighted in. There's still some skill to, involved and, and a lot of skill involved with, with being accurate. So you got to learn that setup after I have a schedule, I've learned my setup and I've kind of gotten a little more comfortable with it. Uh, and I've sighted things in and I know where it's going to hit, then I'm going to start to challenge myself because you got to do something more than just go out there and shoot, shoot at a block with a white dot on it. You got to have, uh, 3ds. Uh, you got to have, if you don't have a 3d target cause they are expensive, then put some paper over your target. So you don't have a black dot and then pick a shadow or a speck of something on there to pull your eye to, to, to aim at because otherwise those white dots on a block, it's totally different than an animal and you need to be able to pick a spot and shoot it without having a spot there that draws your eye in. That is my number one tip for this episode and challenge yourself with some sort of shooting game, 
some sort of situation, some sort of weird uh, position. I like to shoot 3Ds and 12 rings to me are a total bonus. I just want to hit a 10 ring. Uh, If I'm hitting 10 rings, I'm doing really good. And for me, on a 3D shoot, I go and calculate afterwards what my percentage was of the total possible points that I scored. So I will divide my score divided by the total possible. And I like to be within that. uh, Let me explain just a little bit more if you're not sure. So if there is 10 targets you have, and there's the high score is a 12 ring on each one. There's 12. So it's 120 possible points. All right. And let's say I shot a 100. So 100 divided by 120 is 83%. I found out that if I'm shooting in the 80 plus, I'm really pumped. That's what I want to be doing is shooting uh, in the 80% or above. So use that, create a little game, a shooting scenario where you're trying to figure out what percentage of the total points you're doing, or maybe you can do some effective range like thing and say, uh, I'm shooting my four inch group. I'm, uh, 100% 100% at this range, 100% at this range, uh, 80% at this range, 60% at this range, and so long as you go back. So that's a different way to do it. I like to calculate and figure out what, what I'm doing and put some numbers to it. <clears throat> I'm not a math guy, but uh, I don't mind some stats occasionally. Put yourself into some weird situations. Sit down, shoot around a tree. <clears throat> Excuse me. Do uh, do something, shoot from your knees. Uh, I will never, even though I've been putting the, put in these situations in uh, 3D shoot is sitting on my butt and shooting. I am never in that position unless I'm sitting on a rock in like a chair position or in a blind of some sort. Sure, I'm sitting that way. But I will never be on my butt, flat on my butt, sitting and shooting. When I've got a crouch down and I got an animal coming in or whatever I drop to a knee, I'm always on my knees and I'm in a crouch position or a a squatted position and then I'll drop to my knees. And so that's a situation I got to shoot more in. I missed a 179 inch buck a few years back at 60 yards because I was confident at 60 on my feet, but not sit kneeling. Uh, and I knew that was 179 because a friend got that muzzleloader season a week later. And I chased that buck all over the place. But we got him, and he's a pretty, pretty buck. So put yourself in some weird situations. So there's our the, the start to our game plan. You've got a shooting schedule. You've learned your setup. Now you start challenging yourself in some different shooting scenarios, games, weird positions, whatever, to make shooting practice more fun. Then find your confidence. There's days I'll come in the house, and I'll tell my wife, like, this is one of those days that, I could tell exactly where my arrow to go and it went there. Find that confidence and stick with it. Don't just shoot and like hope, hope, hope that it goes into where you want it, but find that confidence and that comes with practice. Fourth, know your process. This is one of the big, big things for me that I learned uh, just in the last year. There was something that clicked last year for me and I don't know if it was 
just chatting with somebody and getting just a little bit of guidance on my shooting or if it was listening to Joel Turner uh had a he's been on a multi- bunch of podcasts uh, where he talked about target panic go find that i listened to that before every 3d shoot last year and it just gave me a sense of calmness and relaxed shooting that i needed to where i was like i don't care about anything else that's going on around me i'm just going to shoot the way I need to be shooting and have be make good shots. So look that up. Uh, I'm not going to repeat what he's done because that's his thing and uh, it's pretty good. But through that, I have a process and I know my shooting process, my procedure, and I step, I walk through it. I don't verbalize it, although that, that could be, there's value to that. Uh, but I just take a deep breath I'll try to verbalize it. I know what it is, and I'll try to verbalize it. I take a deep breath. I've already hooked on my D-loop. I raised my bow hand, draw back. Uh, in there, I, I take a step foot with my, or a step forward with my back foot so that I've got a really open stance. That's just, it's a silly thing, but it's a part of my process. So I've got a wide open stance that just gives me stability. I don't like my feet so close together. I like to be, have them just a little bit more in an athletic position uh, spread out. Makes more sense physics-wise to be more stable. So if that step, raise bow hand, draw back. And as I'm drawing, I'm looking at my bubble and I'm re- I'm drawing that and that always saves me time. I get my bubble uh, and bow level. Then I go to my sight picture, pick a pin, pick a spot, and I focus in between the pins and the target. And I'm looking kind of at both. So both are mostly focused in. Find that spot and I squeeze the trigger. And I, after I settle on that, I squeeze the trigger. And yes, I do shoot a wrist release. I haven't not gone to a thumb. I haven't gone to a tension. I haven't gone to a hinge or anything like that. Uh, that could be my next step. I'm interested in that. But, uh, I do occasionally punch a trigger and I can be pretty effective at it, but I prefer to shoot my bow a lot like I would shoot a rifle, squeezing a trigger. I've heard over and over and over again, the proper way of shooting is squeezing your shoulder blades together to allow that tension. I feel like I get a little bit more movement like that. And listening to uh, John Dudley, which some people hate, <laughs> but listening to him, listening to Kyle Douglas, I believe it is, who just won Vegas not long ago, they kind of talk about the same sort of thing, that uh, they're not squeezing those shoulder blades necessarily together, uh, but they but they squeeze that trigger and know when it's on top of where they want to release, they do that. Because otherwise, when I want it to surprise myself, I might be an inch and a half, two inches low left, and I wasn't ready yet. I don't necessarily want to be completely surprised. That's what works for me. Doesn't make it right. Make it right at all, but that's that's my process, and it works for me. I like it. So, in our game plan, you've got a schedule. You learn your setup. Challenge yourself with some games of some sort and shooting practice. You find your confidence. Know your process. Next, find your effective range. Uh, just listen to a newer, nah, I don't know if it's newer, it's, it's older than mine, but he's just got a few episodes. Rad Outdoors, uh, 
shout out to him and we might get, have him as a guest here soon. Uh, he had a pretty uh, interesting thing around some elk hunting preparation, archery elk, and he talked about effective range using uh, four inches, not a pie plate. Uh, reach out and listen to that. That's That's got some good stuff there. Uh, Alpha bow hunting and rock slide has a series as well on some effective range stuff. So check that out. Um, I need to do more with that. And the last in our game plan is you choose your arrows that you know are good. And I'll start to take notes here that, uh, arrow number two, cause my arrows are all numbered. Arrow number two is always a little high and right. And find those ones that are like your arrow, the one that just goes where you want it to go. And I always have one or two in my quiver that I rely on or I use them in a 3D shoot that can't treat me wrong. So each arrow is just a little different. Find those, those few arrows that are working for you. Check your broadheads. Those should be about the same place if you're properly tuned. Uh, but I'll shoot a few broadheads and then you're ready to hunt. The other thing that uh, I struggle with is once the season starts, I quit shooting because I'm out in the field. There's no time to shoot. So a beneficial thing here to help with that is throw an extra arrow in your quiver. It's a small game arrow. It's a crap arrow. It's the one that's maybe got a little uh, bit insert on it or it's uh, I don't know. It's just not the arrow that you're wouldn't be a big deal if you cracked it, lost it, whatever. So throw one of those in your quiver, or if you go back to camp every day, great. Then uh, you can have a target and do some shooting that way. But have a little arrow that you can fling one arrow. My grandpa used to call that clump shooting. He'd, he'd find a little piece of clump grass and shoot at it. These days, when your arrow is flying the speed that they are, you got to be a lot more careful because you'll stick it in a log, a tree, something, and you'll never get it out. Uh, so make sure you're finding something that you're you're sticking and you can get it out. You're not going to break your arrow, but find something and shoot just to, to keep your confidence and, and keep that process going. You don't want to go 10 days without shooting in the field and then have a bull or, elk, a bull or a deer of a lifetime in front of you and, and do something stupid. One thing I heard in Rad Outdoors podcast lately I thought was really good is it really isn't about the reps in your practice. It's about the quality. So make sure you, as you're practicing, it's not about getting in a hundred arrows in a day, but, uh, shoot a few arrows that shoot a few to shoot, shoot a few arrows really well. So that's my piece of advice there. That it was not my idea as rad outdoors. I'll, I'll give them credit for that, but get some good quality reps in, get your process down and calm down. I think that was the number one issue for me with target panic. And you don't necessarily feel the target panic unless you're maybe shooting in a 3D tournament or something and you're around people. Uh, and so that target panic is something that doesn't get us get too many of us until we're in front of an animal. So if you can try and simulate that target panic issue uh, before the season, that should help. The next thing with... with each shot that you take in your practice is that every shot needs to be a good shot. Get your process down. If you have an, a hiccup in that process, you know, when you draw back and it's just like your bow kind of jumps forward, like you weren't putting enough muscle and you weren't on your back wall enough, 
then bring, bring the arrow down and restart because that's going to throw you off your game and you may throw a bad arrow. So if something is out of process, I have the same amount of timing per shot. I don't hold uh, five seconds longer one time than another time. Each shot is about the same amount of hold, draw, and hold time. So, uh, And I will practice some longer hold times. That's another way to, to make shooting fun. But being consistent in your process. If something is off, then uh, bring it down and try it again. Again, I will say it over and over again. Do some 3Ds. you got to shoot some 3Ds and get out and do a little practicing. And realize what your effective range is, what's going to be a uh, ethical shot. And that's something I've learned lately is I did a lot of shooting in my yard. I've taken a lot of 100-yard shots in my yard, but realized I can't do that on an animal, and, I'm, and I shouldn't. Uh, it's something that my capabilities are not going to allow me to do because I struggle with target panic at times. As soon as I'm in front of an animal, it's a whole nother ball game. So I, I realize that brings my effective range way down. One or two last things before we're done with this shooting preparation. I realize that shooting a compound bow is much easier than it was 20 years ago. When we had older equipment, we didn't have all these little sweet little things and our bows weren't as accurate, but it doesn't mean you can pick it up the week before the season, shoot a pie plate and be like, yep, good to go. You need to practice. You have to have to practice. And especially those guys shooting traditional, you, they got to shoot every day. That's a, that's a whole nother ball game that it requires very, way more practice. So make sure you're practicing. If you're seeing some variation variation in your shooting, it may or may not be your setup. It could be just that you're not practiced up. So get out there and shoot and get, uh, get some arrows flung or, uh, or shoot some 20 or two rounds cause they're cheap per cheaper than your, uh, $4, whatever you shoot. So, uh, get some arrows down range and uh, next week or next time we'll do our gear preparation, gear preparation, and then a couple of mental preparation things. So thanks for listening and we'll talk to you another time. Right outside of this one church town, there's a gold dirt road to a whole lot of nothing. Got a deed to the land, but it ain't my ground. This is God's